Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Gathering Church, a place of grace. Sit back, relax, and listen in. God is good, and all the time, oh, y'all don't sound like God is good. God is good, and all the time, amen, praise the Lord, hallelujah. God is a good God, and we just praise him, and we worship him this morning for his faithfulness and for his love, amen, and it's good to be in God's house. The Bible says, I was glad when they said unto me, come let us go into the house of the Lord. Some of you might be saying, well, how is this the house of the Lord? This is Beckton Hall, Pastor. This is room 205. But the Bible says that with two or three are gathered in his name, that he will be in the midst today. And so we are deeming Beckton Hall, this room right now, the house of the Lord. So I was glad when they said unto me, come let us go into the... Amen. Praise God. And so we just praise him and we bless him. If you are a first-time guest, I just want to officially welcome you this morning. My name is Pastor Arthur Shavuk. I am the senior pastor here at the Gathering Church, and we want to send a warm welcome to you. Why don't you just look to your left and to your right and just greet your neighbor this morning. Amen. Say good morning. Good to see you. Did you lose weight the last time I've seen you? You look fabulous. You look 10 years younger. What did you do? Did you change your hair? Greet your neighbor this morning. Say good morning. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. We like to have fun here at the Gathering Church. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Y'all enjoyed the worship this morning? Y'all had a good time singing? Y'all learned some new songs? I saw some of y'all like, I don't know the, I don't know the words to that song, but I'm just going to clap because it sounds good. Praise God. Amen. Always, always space for learning. Amen. And so... We thank God for all, all that he's doing in our lives. I'm going to jump right in the word this morning. Lord, I'm going to jump right in the word this morning. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to the book of Acts chapter 3, verse 19. And our projectionist will also pull that up on the screen for you this morning. Amen. How many, how many you know the God that we serve? He's a good God. Amen. He really is a good God, and he loves us unconditionally. We've been in the midst of a message series, as you can see on your program. Um, many of you were giving worship guides this morning. On the worship guide, you have the order of service. You also have a connection card there. I'll talk more about that later. But um, on, the, on, on your program, you can look, and you can take notes on the back. If you need a pen, the usher will be more than glad just to give you a pen so you can take notes. Amen? We are an educated church. Amen? We want to learn more about God and about his ways. So we've been in the midst of this message series called RE. RE. R-E. And this message series, RE, has really been dealing with special words in the Bible that begin with RE. And so for 9-11, many of you came for our 9-11 service. How many of you was here for 9-11? Amen? We had a service and we dealt with remember. God wants us to remember. Pastor Edgar talked about during worship, when I think about the Lord, when I remember the Lord, when I remember the good things that he has, has given me, when I remember the hard times that he has brought me through, 
on remembering, and we talked about the, 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 the concept of remembering, that God wants us to remember. We were remembering the victims of 9-11, and that we were remembering the sacrifices that was made. We were remembering. And so last Sunday we spoke about the word renew, 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 that God wants to renew us. If we stay connected to God, the Bible says in the book of John, Chapter 15, if you read that whole verse, he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. In other words, God is saying that I am the life giver. If you plug into me, I will renew you. I will refresh, um, refresh you. I will replenish you. And so we spoke about being renewed. So many times we get so caught up and so distracted with the cares of life all around us that we forget that God wants to renew us. And so it was a time for us to rededicate our lives back to God and ask him to renew us through the power of his Holy Spirit. Today, I'm talking about a very controversial reword because I think it's been a word that's really been misunderstood in the body of Christ. And I've seen many Christians abuse the word or they lack understanding of the word. So today, we're going to talk about the word repentance. Repentance. I mean, you already smile like, oh, Lord. Is he going to say, repent, repent, repent? You're going to hell? No, I'm not going to say that. No, no, no. The God we serve is a loving God. He's a merciful God. But we're going to talk about repentance and understand what does the word repent really mean. Some of you say, well, I repent. Is repentance just saying, Lord, I'm sorry, or just asking for one's forgiveness? What does repentance mean from the biblical perspective? So if you bow your heads with me, we're going to go right into the scripture, and we're going to talk about repentance. Shall we pray? Father in heaven, we come before you this morning, and we just bless you for all the wonderful things that you are doing in our midst. We thank you for your worship. We thank you for the praise that has gone forth. We thank you for your love, for the joy. We thank you for your Holy Spirit being in the midst of us. We thank you, oh God, that your angels are even here with us, Father, this morning, God. For your word says you encamp your angels around about them that fear the Lord. And so, Father, we just invoke your presence right now. And as we will break the bread of life this morning, I'm asking that you would speak to the hearts of the people that are here, those who are searching, those who need direction, those who don't even know why they're here. Father, I pray that you would speak to them this morning, God, and that you would not let them leave the same way they came. In Jesus' name. Father, as their faces differ, so does their needs. And I'm asking that you would talk to their hearts this morning, God. You know what they need to hear from you. So I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart will be acceptable in thy sight, O oh Lord, my Redeemer and strength. In Jesus' name. And if you believe that, say amen. 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 So we're talking about the word repentance. I'm going to do a little teaching this morning. Amen. The Holy Spirit moves, we'll preach, but we're going to go with the flow of the Holy Ghost this morning. We're going to talk about repentance. Repentance. What does repentance mean? But first we, first, we must understand what repentance is not. Is not. Repentance is not God wanting you to feel like a failure. Say that again. Repentance is not God wanting you to feel like a failure. Like I said, we, we, we see in our culture, we see 
Many times you see people have big signs of repent, turn or burn, or we, we, we see these poor um, 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 representations of the word repent, and it's not really what the word of God is saying, what the word of God is saying. God does not want us to feel like a failure. Why would such a good God want us to feel bad? That's not God. Many times we allow ourselves to be imposed by the ideologies of man, but we really forget what God is trying to say to us. So God does not want us to feel like a failure. The Bible says in Acts 3.19, was a scripture I told you to read, um, turn to, it says, Repent, then, turn to, and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. I'll read that again. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. King James Version says forgiven. That times of refreshing may come from the Lord. God is saying, and this is the, and it's a key in this verse, that when we repent, it's not to make us feel like we are a, a poor, cast out, peasant children, but he wants us to repent so that our sins can be forgiven and so that a refreshing can come in the presence of the Lord. As we were worshiping this morning, you, you probably saw some people with flags and you saw some people raising hands and you saw some people tearing up and some of you were wondering, well, how are they so animated? I'm just not animated like that. I I'm, I'm, I'm just don't get that emotional, you know. We are lively church. I admit it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Because many of us, before we came to Christ, we were lively in the world. So why can't we be lively in the church? Amen. Only thing we did was just change dance partners. Amen. I was dancing, doing my thing in the world. So now I'm with Jesus. I'm going to do it with the Lord. Amen. Amen. Some of you, when you, go to, when you go to sports games and everything, you're screaming, you paint your face, and you're a fanatic. But why can't we be fanatics for God? It's quiet in here, but why can't we be fanatics for God? I think I should be more fanatic for God than any, than any sports team. Come on. Because when I'm going through my stuff, I can't call on the Giants. When I'm calling my stuff, I can't call on the Knicks. Okay? When I go through my stuff, the Yankees ain't there. But I know God is there because the Bible says he's an ever-present help in the time of trouble. And I can run to him because he's the one that will answer my prayers. So I get fanatical about God because I'm passionate about him. Come on, some of you are married, some of you are dating somebody, some of you might have brought your boyfriend to church this morning. Amen. And when you begin to talk about the love of your life, you get passionate. You start feeling feelings. You start blushing. You start smiling. You start thinking about the moments you shared together. Amen. Your significant, with your significant other. Just like with God. We think about God and, and what he's done for us, how he provided for us, how he made ways, how he, how he performed miracles in our lives. We, we get passionate. We get excited about God. And so that's what you saw this morning. You saw the times of refreshing in his presence because the Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. When we begin to worship God and praise God and lift up our hands and give him thanks, the Bible says he inhabits the praises. That means he comes down. He sits on the praise. He comes in the midst. He said, wait a minute, somebody's worshiping me. Let me go there and show myself strong and mighty. That's why praise and worship is so powerful. Because many times I've been sad. I've been down. I've been depressed. I've been like, Lord, I can't handle this. 
and I'll just start praising God. I'll just start worshiping God. I'll just begin to recollect, remember, and think on the goodness of God. And then all of a sudden, the worries begin to fade away. All of a sudden, the doubt begins to dissipate. All of a sudden, the depression begins to go away. And I'm, folk, and I'm, and I'm fully focused in the joy of the Lord. Some of you don't need, to, some of you don't need a counselor. You don't, you don't need to go to a psychologist. You just need to praise God. You just need to praise God. You need to worship God. Stop glorifying your problems and glorify God. The Bible says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. What does magnify mean? To enlarge, to make broad, to make big. Magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Stop magnifying your problems and magnify God. Make God bigger than your problems. That's the time of refreshing that God wants to give us. But it's only acquired when we have a heart of repentance. So you might be asking, well, Pastor, what is repentance then? What is repentance? Here we go. I'm going to break it down. Number one, repentance is a changed mind. Repentance is a changed mind. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 9 through 10, Yet now I am happy, not because we were made sorry, but because your sorrow led to repentance. For you became sorrowful as God intended, and so were not harmed in any way by us. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regrets. But worldly sorrow brings death. God is saying, Repentance is a changed mind. Now, there is a difference between being sorrowful from God's perspective and being sorrowful from the world's perspective. Let me give you an example, because some of you are like, what are you saying? I'm saying this. When we deal with repentance, the Holy Spirit is the only one that can bring us to repentance. We cannot do it ourselves. If you're sitting here and you're feeling kind of uncomfortable, it's not what I'm saying. It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings us to repentance. What is the Holy Spirit's job? We hear the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's job is to bring us to God, to bring us to Jesus. The Holy Spirit convicts our hearts. What does the devil do? The devil does what he does best. He brings guilt. There's a difference between conviction and guilt. Conviction brings you to God. Guilt turns you away from him. Conviction says, I'm messed up. I'm in need of a Savior, God. I need you. Help me, God. Guilt says, you know what? I'm not even worthy. I can't even go to God. I can't even go to church. I can't even speak to nobody. I'm just going to be by myself. It's hopeless. I, I should give up. All hope is gone. That's what guilt does. Godly sorrow, which is the conviction of the Holy Spirit, brings us to God. But worldly sorrow, which is guilt, takes us away from God. And remember, I said God is the life giver. If you're not plugged into the life source, guess what you experience? Death. Repentance is a change mind. A change mind. God wants to change our mind. He, he wants, that's what repentance means. It means to think differently 
from the way we thought before. The Bible was written originally in Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. The New Testament itself was written in the Greek language. Many times our English language is limited. If I were to say, hey, sis, I love you, you'd be like, okay, I love you. If I were to say to my wife back there, I love you, same word. The implication of love has two different meanings. If I were to say to my mother, I love you, that would have a different meaning. But in the original text in the Bible, in Greek, they have different words for love. The type of love that God gives us is the word agape. It means unconditional love. He loves me unconditionally. The type of love that I have with my wife is eros love. Amen? That's a deep, intimate love that only I share with my wife. And then you have what you call phileo love, where we get the city of Philadelphia love. Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. That's a friendship love. So there are different levels of love. So many times we need to go back to the original text to understand the true essence of what the author was trying to say to his readers. So when we look at the word repentance here in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, it's the word metanoia. And that word means a changed mind that leads to a changed behavior. So God is saying that if you're going to repent, you have to change your mind. If you change your mind, you'll change your behavior. In other words, you know that you shouldn't be doing something. You know you shouldn't be doing certain things. You know that every time you do it, you mess up, you feel bad about it, and you said, I'm sorry. But saying, God, I'm sorry, Lord, forgive me, is not repentance. It's just saying, Lord, I'm sorry for what I did. And I think sometimes as Christians, we think, I'm sorry, it's repentance. I'm sorry, it's not repentance. Repentance is changing our mind, the way we think about that thing. If we change the way we think about it, we'll change the way we act towards it. I'll give you an example. As you see, I am a bodybuilder. I'm a, I'm a strong man. Amen. I am full of love. Amen. I'm just filled up. Amen. And I love my sweets. I do. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. When I think of the cupcakes, I mean the goodness of Jesus. I just love sweets. I really do. And so, and so sometimes, you know, if you put a cupcake, it's just a temptation. I just, you know, I just have to give me that, you know. And so I had to change my mind the way I thought about the cupcake. Because I'm, I'm like, okay, you know, I, I, I want to do better, you know. I got a six-pack. I know it's hidden, but it's in there. It is, it is, it is, it is. And so I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get ready, Lord. 2012, the beach body, praise the Lord. Amen. With my X90, whatever you call it. So, and so, I'm like, okay, I got, I, the cupcake is there. Do I eat the cupcake? Okay. Uh, or do I eat some rice cake? Now, initially, my mindset for the rice cakes is, ew, nasty, ugh, ugh. Ugh, cardboard, cupcake, joy, juicy, moist, icing, yes. You know, yes, that's what I want. But I had to change my thinking and say, you know what, it's really not that bad. You know what, I, if, 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 I, if I say no to this cupcake and say yes to this rice cake, amen, I can eat more than one rice cake versus just a little small 
cupcakes because they're lower in calories. And so I begin to, I begin to change my mindset. So now if I see a cupcake, I'm not going to respond the same way I used to and say, oh, I'll take that, I'll take two, I'll take three. No, no, no. I'll think twice because my changed mind has changed my behavior. We said we come to church, and what's the main reason why people don't come to church? Because the church is full of, I dare to say that the church is, yeah, we do hypocritical things, and I, I admit it. Praise the Lord, we do. But many times we do hypocritical things, it's because we haven't changed our minds. And so our actions haven't changed. So we wind up doing foolish things and making mistakes and saying, hallelujah, we're saved, we're Christians, we love Jesus. But yet our actions are showing something different because we have not changed our mind concerning that thing. Because we think it's okay. And then when the Holy Spirit convicts us, we're like, oh, Lord, I'm so sorry for what I did. But he doesn't want worldly sorrow that leads to death. He wants godly sorrow that leads to repentance. Repentance means I'm going to change my mind. How do I change my mind uh, about, about, about this thing? I, I see what God, need, what God says about it in his word. How can you know to do right if you don't have anything to tell you what right is? What helps us to decipher right from wrong? It's the Bible. It's the word of God. It's the B-I-B-L-E, the basic instructions before leaving earth. We need the Bible. God wants us to have a changed mind that leads to changed actions. There's There's a popular song out by Hosanna that says, Break my heart for what breaks yours. Lord, the things, that, the things that offend you, the things that hurt your feelings, you know God has feelings, you know. God is not some numb, neutral God. God has feelings. We can offend God. When we sin, sin is offensive to God. Think about what someone did wrong to you, made you angry, made you upset. You don't think God get frustrated? You don't think God get angry? Now, because of his love and his mercy, he don't go, disappear from the face of the earth. <laughs> So that's the case. I should have been dead probably about one years old, you know. <laughs> he's loving. He's forgiving, you know. But God has feelings too. He does. He does. And we see it in the Bible. God wants our heart to be like his heart. The things, the, the compassion that he had for people. He wants us to have that love for people. Jesus got hurt so many times. People offended him. People said things about him. But he had love. That love, that love. We won't have that love unless we learn to love the way he did. And we learn to love the way he did by reading about his love. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your mind needs to be renewed. That's what repentance means. I'm renewing my mind. I'm changing my mindset. The pattern of this world. The world, the world has a pattern. The world has a pattern. The pattern is I slap you, you slap me back. You look at me with an attitude, I look at you with an attitude, so you want to take it outside? Church or no church, 3 o'clock. That's the attitude of the world. What's God's attitude? If someone slaps you, what? Give them turn the other cheek. Some of you is like, I don't know about that, Pastor. Because someone slapped me right now, we're going to have to go outside. But, that's, but, but see, the world has its own standards. God has his own standards. We're stuck in the middle, and we have to make a choice. 
Are we going to follow God's standards or the world's standards? What standards are we really going to follow? And we are, and we're persuaded to follow God's standards as we read more about his standards. It's a daily fight for us. That's why I said, renew your mind. Come on. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is a daily thing. You have to daily make a choice. Just because you say, I'm a Christian, don't mean that that's it. No, no, no. Being a Christian takes a lot of work. Come on. It's like building a marriage. You don't just say, oh, I love you. Oh, you love me. Okay, let's get married. Look, marriage is not that. And let the married people say amen. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Praise the Lord. That's a person from experience. Amen. And just like you have to build your marriage, it's just like you have to build your relationship with God. Amen. That's how you get to know more about who he is. Do not be conformed. But be, do not be conformed. Do not do it the way the world does it. Do it the way God does it. And it's a daily decision. It's a daily choice the way God does it. All right. So we have what is repentance? Repentance is a changed mind. Number two, let's see what repentance is. Repentance is a changed direction. Direction. Ezekiel chapter 14, verse 6 says, Therefore, say to the people of Israel, this is what the sovereign Lord says, Repent, turn from your idols, renounce all of your detestable practices. A divinely changed mind will always result in a changed direction. In other words, if I struggle with alcohol, and I go to AA and I, and I get my, my, my breakthrough, Someone's will call it deliverance. I don't go back to that. I know that I'm not going to be going to a bar next week. Why? Because I'm changing my mindset, I'm changing my behavior, and now I'm changing my direction. Okay, let me make it more personal. You hanging out with your boo, and you ain't married yet. As a matter of fact, ain't no engagement ring on your finger, ain't nothing. You just like, y'all just like each other. And you sit up in your room, and you're watching television, and you're cuddling, amen, and then one thing starts leading to another, so the faucet starts turning on, then the faucet keeps pouring, and then pouring, and pouring, and pouring, and pouring, and my neighbor doesn't, my, my roommate don't get back for another couple hours, and, and, and stuff starts happening, and then you're just like, oh my God, and then you feel bad, like, okay, we can't do that no more, we can't do that no more, okay, we, we, we. Mm-mm, that's that. We ain't married. No, we we can't do that. We can't do that. And the next week, you put yourself back in the same direction, in the same place. What happened? You never repented. Why would you put yourself back in the same? You ain't know where you're gonna be strong the next time. You're gonna be weaker the next time because you already went that far. Y'all quiet in here. I think I stepped into something. Praise God. The Holy Spirit knows. Don't put yourself in that circumstance. You don't want to walk with no surprises. Come on. Come on. Come on. You want to finish the semester right. You don't want to be running to the psychologist's office. Amen. Tell them I'm going to have the morning after. Oh, did I go there? Oh. I'm in the wrong place. Let me run away from here. We have to do it God's way. Repentance is a change direction. That means I don't do the things I used to do. I don't say the things I used to say. When I first became a Christian, I became a Christian at the age of 15. 
The problem, my major problem that I had at 15 is I had a foul mouth. Let the church say amen. You did not want, and it wasn't like I, 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 I used profanity while I was angry. I just used profanity just to be usual. You know, I just be blank, 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 beep, 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 beep. Hide the beeping you're doing. And I mean, I'm being honest. What's up, beep? You know, just, you know, I just really had a foul mouth. Pastor, I could tell you, we've been friends for 18 years. You know, I just had, I just really had, I'm being real because, you know, sometimes we preachers can preach up here. You don't understand what in the world they're saying. Are y'all understanding this? Are you getting this this morning? Amen. I just want to make it plain so you don't understand. I had a foul mouth. And I'm like, God, I need you to help me with my mouth. Because, you know, I be in church sometimes. And it, it will just slip out. And I'll be like, it would just happen. It would, it would just happen. It was, it was, it was, it was, one time, one sister was walking by me. She stepped on my foot. And I was like, oh. And I just had to bite my tongue because we were in service. We was in worship. And you don't want to, you know, you don't want to let that out in church. I don't, you know. And I really had to ask God, 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 to help me. And I just had to be, begin to renew my mind. And the Bible talks about corrupt communication coming out of your mouth. The Bible talks about foul language and cursing. The Bible does talk about those things. And so I began to get scriptures that dealt with that. And so I'll get the urge. So if I would slip, I would say, okay, no corrupt communication can come out of my mouth. And I just began to think twice before I spoke. But the Bible says you should be so to speak. Come on now. You should be slow to speak. You should always, that, 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 that. No. You should be slow to speak. Slow to anger. Come on. So I'm like, okay, Lord. And then after a while, I realized I wasn't doing it as often. And to the point I wasn't doing it at all. Because I had a changed mindset. I changed my mind. I changed my direction. I didn't do it myself. God helped me to do it. And what are you dealing with today? God can help you to overcome. He sure can. He sure can. He sure can. A repentance is a changed direction. A divinely changed mind will always lead, will always result in a changed direction. Revelations chapter 2, verse 4 to 5, it says, But I have this one thing against you, that you have left your first love. This is, this is, this is Jesus now talking in the book of Revelations. He said, Therefore, remember where you have fallen, repent, and, and, and do the deeds you did at first. In other words, some of you have slipped away. When you first received Christ in your heart, you were passionate about God. You were telling everybody about what God did for you, then after a while, what began to happen? The love began to wane, just like a honeymoon. Married people, you know when the honeymoon is over. Because before, he'd be like, honey, can you get me a cup of water? Sure, dear. Da, 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 da. Here's a cup of water. I love you. And now, two months later, honey, can you get me a cup of water? The kitchen is right there. As a matter of fact, can you eat the garbage? It's a whole different mindset because the honeymoon is over. And so all those feelings and everything just, just begins to change. And so with God, sometimes that can happen in our relationship with God, where we wake up early in the morning to pray and read our Bible and, and come to church with easy night. Like, I don't feel like even getting up to go to church this morning. Ah, go next Sunday. Search at 11, I'll get to 1130. The worship should be over by then. I'll just hear pastor preach and go home. Yeah. Because the passion, the that you, you have forsaken your first love. You, you have allowed everything else to come in 
to that relationship. Just like we can let things come into our relationship with other people, with our parents, with our spouses, with our friends. We can let things distract us. And so when he said repent, he said, come on, think about what you used to do. Go back to that. Begin to do those things. Cultivate that first love. So repentance is a change direction. I'm not doing the things I used to do. So here we go. What is repentance? Repentance is a changed mind. Repentance, number two, is a changed direction. And finally, three, repentance restores relationships. Put a pushpin. I'm going to stay right there for a minute. Relationships are restored through repentance. Repentance restores relationships. I'm going to read Luke chapter 15, verse 17 to 24. It says, and it's talking about the prodigal son, by the way. Man, you have heard the story of the prodigal son. The prodigal son, and I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you in a nutshell. You can read it for your homework. Amen. Luke chapter 15. The prodigal son was a father who had rich father, who had two sons. Amen. He had servants and everything. This was a wealthy man. He had two sons. The youngest said, Father, give me my inheritance now. I want my inheritance now. The young son took his inheritance, went out into a far country, the Bible says, and he squandered all his inheritance. He was partying, getting drunk, sleeping with women, doing a whole bunch of things. And finally, the Bible said he came to his senses. And let's read this, verse 17. When he came to his senses, in other words, when he came out of his days of doing whatever he wanted to do, because we all come to that place in our life when we wake up and we come to our senses. Because some of you are preaching to you right now just because you didn't come to your senses yet. But God has a way of getting our attention. He has a way of knocking our world, shaking our world. And most times God uses hardships to bring us to him. God knows how to knock us to our knees. So the only place we can look is up. So the Bible says when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. May be like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went to his father's house. Amen. But while he was standing, okay, let me stop there. He got up and he went to his father. Some of you need to get up and go to your father. Your heavenly father is waiting. Some of you have problems with your earthly father. Have issues with your parents. I did. You would think, oh, pastor, where's mom? They're cool now. We were, my, my, my issue with mom wasn't always cool. I was brought up in the inner city in the South Bronx. I was just supposed to be another statistic. I wasn't supposed to make it here. I wasn't supposed to be alive. My mother got pregnant when she was 15 years old. I was a mistake. I was supposed to be aborted. But look at me today. Because God had a plan for my life. And if God can do it for me, and God is no respecter of persons, he can do it for you. God can make every mistake, amen, into a triumph. He can turn everything around. I don't care what you did or what you've done. You can wake up and go back to your father. 
You have not sinned so deep that he won't hear from you. Okay? You have not made so many mistakes that God will not hear you. Yes, he will. He is a good God. He loves you. But he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, guess what? His father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. When a heavenly father sees you, he will be filled with compassion for you. He's not going to turn his back and ignore like he don't see like some of your friends do. You know, come on, when you call somebody and they want to speak to you, they just press N, they don't press, you know, go to voicemail. Some of you do it, come on. When someone sends that text, oh, I didn't get that text. You text me, really? Mm-mm, I don't know. You're on Facebook and beam, it pops up, and you click, uh-uh, let me sign off like I'm away. God is not going to do that to you. When you, see a, when you send a tweet to heaven, he's going to reply. He's going to give you a download. He's going to give you what you need. The father was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and I sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. In other words, dress him, dress, dress my son up. Bring out the fatted calf and kill it. Doing the customs of this time, one of the biggest things that they did to celebrate a person's honor or to have this great feast was to kill the fatted calf. When we hear about killing the fatted calf, that means that this person had a banquet. Think about when you go to a beautiful, glorious wedding ceremony and have the best foods. It's like a banquet. I mean, I, we ain't talking about no pigs in a blanket. We're talking about some caviar, some filet mignon. We're talking about the best of the best. He said, prepare a big banquet for my son. That's what he's saying. So he said, quick, bring his robe. Put sandals on him. Bring, put a ring on his finger. Sandals on his feet. Bring the fatty calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate for the son of mine which was dead. But remember, he was unplugged from God. He was unplugged from the life source. Remember, guilt brings death. Conviction brings life when we go to God. So he said, my son that was dead is now alive again. Why? Because now he's plugging back into the source. He's plugging back into God. He is divine. We are the branches. We're plugging back into him. He was lost and is found. And so they began to celebrate. When you give your heart to God, don't you know heaven throws a party for you? The Bible says when one soul returns to God and gets saved, the Bible says heaven throws a big party for you because you're worth that much to God. See, the problem is we think our worth, oh, God, I don't care about me. There are bigger things going on in the world. Possibly God couldn't care about little on me, about what I'm doing. But I'm here to tell you today that God does care about you. God does love you unconditionally. And he has his arms out waiting for you to come back to him today. The only thing that we need to do is repent. The only thing we need to do is ask God to come back in our lives. Some of you are sitting under the side of my voice this morning and you're feeling a little uncomfortable. It's not my words. I'm telling you, it's God, his Holy Spirit, touching your heart. He's like, you know, you can't do it by yourself. You need somebody. You being all strong for everybody else, but who's going to be strong for you? You're trying to hold it together. Some of you want to fight back tears. It's all right. God loves you. He loves you. 
and you're experiencing his love. You're experiencing his love. That's what he wants to give to you this morning. I close with this scripture. Romans 2, chapter 4. Romans chapter 2, verse 4. It says, Or do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and the tolerance and patience, not knowing that the kindness of God leads to repentance? In other words, God is so good, so merciful, it should make you want to repent. It should make you want to give your heart. He's that good. He sent his son for Calvary to die for you, that you can have a relationship with him. Jesus Christ came and restored our fellowship back to God. Before Jesus Christ, the Bible said they had to slay oxen and, 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 kill, and, and kill oxen and lambs and different things. They give all these thousand one different offerings and all these different things. And when Jesus came, he took the place. He was the Lamb of God, slain for the sins of the world so we can have a relationship with God. So because of God's kindness, because of his mercy, it should make you want to repent. It should make you want to come to him. It should make you want to say, God, whatever you want to do with my life, do it. God has your best interest at heart, more than you do. Well, I want to do this. I have big dreams. I have big aspirations. And I want to do these great things. You can't do it without God. We need him in this day. All the things that are going on in our country, all the things that are going on all around the world, all the hatred, all the terrorism, all of the debt, I mean, come on, 10 years from now, what would the United States of America look like if we don't believe in God, if we don't call on God, if we don't trust God? We need him. We need him. Not just spiritually. I need him to provide. The Bible says he will be a provider. Come on, he'll put food on your table. He'll keep helping your body. Come on, he'll keep you well put together because your father cares about you. He has your best interest at heart, more than your parents do, more than your spouse do, more than your boo do. Come on. He does. He does. God is not your enemy. Even when you wrong him, he's, he doesn't say, ah, you're like a stepchild. No. See, the problem is some of us get so trouble what our earthly parents do, we equate that to God. So some of us, we have bad relations with our father, so we think our heavenly father is the same way, and that's just not true. That's why God gave us parents, because parents are supposed to be a godly example. So if I'm a godly father, then I'm a good example of what the heavenly father should be like. That's the way God plans it. Now, we all messed it up. But repentance, coming back to God, acknowledging him, he said he would give us refreshing. Some of you are dry inside. You're like a desert. You're parched. And I'm here to tell you today that God wants to give you a refreshing. You know, let me, let me say what a refreshing is. Imagine it's 110 degrees outside. And you're wearing this long t-shirt like I'm wearing right now. And you are sweating. You are thirsty. Your mouth is dry. You are parched. You're sweating profusely. And you feel like you're just going to, oh. Then all of a sudden, someone brings you inside this building here. And the air conditioner is blowing. You feel the breeze, and someone gives you a big cup of water with some lemon slices on top and says, sit down.
take off your shoes and you're like, oh, oh, I feel so much better. That's refreshing. That's what God wants to do for you today. He wants to refresh you. He wants to renew you. He wants to touch you. God is here for you today. I'm going to ask each and every one of you to bow your head and close your eyes. This is a serious moment. Because I believe the Holy Spirit is talking to some of you this morning. Sometimes you come out and you prepare to say one thing. And you find yourself saying another. And I really believe the Holy Spirit is pulling on your heart. He's talking to you this morning. Some of you say, wow, the pastor is all in my business. No, I'm not in your business. God is. He's just using me to tell you that he loves you. He wants you to come to him. Stop straddling the fence. Stop playing games. He sees it all. You can't hide from God. It's all bare before him. I don't care how old you are, how young you are, what color you are. I don't care. God is no respecter of person. He loves you this morning. And he's tugging on your heart. So I'm going to put a call out to those who don't know God this morning. You're saying, Pastor, you know what? I, I, I don't know this God. I, I, I'm hearing a lot about him. But I've never have begun a personal relationship with him. I've never allowed myself to get to know more about God. I, I want to know more about him. I want to know more about this God that I'm serving. I want to, I, I, I want to come to God. If you say he's waiting for me with open arms, I want to come to him this morning. I want to give him my heart this morning. I want to give him my life this morning. I, I want God to make that difference in me this morning. If that's you this morning, I just want you to raise, put your hand up and put it down real quick. Just put out your hand. I see that hand. Put your hand up real quick and just put it down. This morning. He's talking to you this morning. He loves you this morning. If you're saying, Pastor, you know what? I grew up in the church, or I have a relationship with God, but I know it's not what it could be. I know what it, it's not what it used to be. But I need God this morning. I, I need him to, to refresh me this morning. I want to repent. I want to ask God for forgiveness for what I've done. If that's you this morning, I just want you to slip up your hand this morning. Amen. Amen. I'm going to dare you to do something this morning. We're bold at the gathering. I'm going to dare you to do something this morning. Stand up. Stand up. If that's you, stand up. I'm standing with you. Stand up. There's some things I need to repent from. There's some things that God is calling me to, to change my mind so I can change my behavior, so I can change my direction. And some of you are on the wrong path. The Bible said there's a path that seems right to man. In other words, it seems obvious that's the path I should take. The Bible says the end thereof is destruction. In other words, you go down that path, you're going to make, you're going to make a mess of your life. You keep going the way you're going to go. You need a direction change. And I'm here this morning saying yield. I'm your yield sign. I'm saying go the other way. You're going the wrong way. Make a U-turn. But that's not the path that God has for you. If I'm talking to you this morning, you need to stand up so I can pray with you this morning. Because he loves you unconditionally. His love and kindness. Pastor, I'm not praying what I, the way I used to pray. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not reading my Bible. Stand up so we can pray with you. We can encourage you. We can give you the resources that you need this morning. Hallelujah. What I want you to do is just lift your hands up to God. Lift your hands up. Lifting up your hands is a sign of surrendering. 
I give the example if a cop will come in here, he wants to frisk you, he will say, stick him up. What does stick him up mean? It means that I don't have nothing. I, I, look, I, I'm clean. I don't have anything. Will you lift your hands up to God and say, God, I can't do this by myself. I need you. I'm surrendering to you, God. That's why we lift our hands in praise and adoration. It's, it's, show, it's showing a, a sign of, of, of power and authority to God to say, God, we are infinite, but you are, we, we are finite, but you are infinite. You are mighty. You are worthy. And I need you. So, Father, I lift up the individuals, oh God, that have their hands lifted this morning. Oh God, as I lift my hands with them this morning, God, you're calling us to repent so that we can experience your love in a greater dimension. Lord, whatever things that we've done wrong, you get that thing in your mind. Lord, I ask for forgiveness today. Ask that you forgive me, oh God, for the things I might have said, the things I might have done, the people I might have done it to, didn't realize I hurt God. Oh God, for my attitude. Oh God, I ask for forgiveness this morning, God. Oh God, I don't want to be a hypocrite. Oh God, but I, I, I want to live my life transformed and, and renewed by your Holy Spirit. So Father, teach me your ways. Teach me your ways, Lord. Give me love this morning. Give me compassion this morning. Help me to do it the way you want me to do it, according to your word. Father, renew my heart. I'm coming to Jesus. I'm coming to you, Father. Because godly sorrowful, godly sorrow leads to life. I want to live. I want to plug back into the source, the life giver, Jesus, this morning. I want your love in my life this morning. Father, that's the prayer of your people this morning. I stand as an intercessor for them this morning. That you would touch them, that you would renew them, that you, oh God, would strengthen them, that they would experience a greater dimension of your love. Holy Spirit, come now. Come now. Come now, Holy Spirit, and minister to your people. You know what they stand in need of. I pray strength. I speak strength. I speak boldness. I speak direction. I speak healing for some that are broken this fall who need healing. Oh God, you are a God of healing. That I speak healing this morning. And I speak your love above all else. So Father, we bless you this morning. And we love you this morning. And we praise you for your goodness. Thank you, Jesus. Just begin to thank the Lord. Just say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for cleansing me. Thank you for renewing me. Thank you for restoring me. Thank you for your refreshing. I don't have to carry this worry. I don't have to carry this, this doubt anymore. I don't have to carry all these concerns. I can trust you. I can give my problems to you, and you will work each and every one of them out. So, Father, I thank you, and I praise you. And if you believe that, say amen this morning. And put your hands together and give him praise.